Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Daily Check-In. I'm Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter. And today's topic is going to be recording and editing. Hmm, that's something that I might have some amount of experience with. Before we get to the topic at hand, I do want to go over a few quick things. One, the podcast is still available, so if you prefer this in an audio format, you can go over to anchor.fm slash ned-bellevance, and you can find the daily check-in there. It's also available on a number of podcast apps now. I think Google Podcasts has it, Spotify has it, and I'm still waiting for it to be approved on a couple other platforms, but we'll get there. So that's one thing to take care of, and that's really it. Uh, before we get to the topic, I just want to check in. How's everybody doing? How was your weekend? Did you have a good Easter holiday? I do want to hear from you, whether it's through a Twitter, DM, or a comment on YouTube, whatever form factor suits you. I want to hear from you about how you're doing in this interesting time that we're all living through and also what additional ideas you might have for the daily check-in. What do you want to hear about? I'm I'm curious. I have my own list of topics, but there might be something that's of more interest to you that you think I might be qualified to talk about. I don't always have a ton of things that I'm qualified to talk about, but today was a topic that actually came up on Twitter through a conversation with a number of different people. Uh, it started with the cloud tweet chat that Dell Cloud Computing hosts and then kind of went down its own rabbit hole about recording audio and some video and live streaming and podcasting and all those kinds of topics. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So just the caveat here, I have been recording podcasts and doing video courses for Pluralsight for, I don't know, four or five years now. That's the thing that I have the most experience with. This live streaming thing, in case you couldn't tell from previous live streams, this is brand new to me. I mean, I've been doing this since April 1st, and that's it. So uh, it's certainly been a learning process for me. I've been, you know, trying to get the stream to look as good as it can to figure out what the editing process is after the fact YouTube's tools aren't great. So that's something that I'm currently figuring out. So I'm not going to comment on how to properly live stream because I'm 100% not qualified. Instead, I'd rather talk about the recording and then editing process for podcasts and videos if we have time, but I think I'm mostly going to center around podcasts. So the first thing to remember is we're all still learning. So I've been doing podcasts for five years now. I still learn new things from other podcasters and audio people all the time. So don't think that you're going to get to a point where you just know it all because that that's probably not going to happen. That's fine. The second thing to think about is audio quality matters. If your podcast sounds like hot garbage that was recorded through a tinny microphone using the earbuds that came with your cell phone, people are probably going to give up after a couple minutes. It's just too harsh on the ears. You need something that is pleasant enough or at least defect free enough to keep people listening. And of course, the content has to be interesting. You can't just ramble on about your cat and its adventures with, I don't know, the other cats in your household. That's probably not going to be super compelling unless you're a great storyteller. So content has to be there. That's probably number one. And number two is audio quality. So you knew, you do need to get a good audio setup for recording. That setup 
is applicable to the law of diminishing returns, by which I mean you can have audio equipment that is good enough without going overboard. So the mic I'm using right now, this is an SM7B Shure microphone. This thing's $400. You do not need to spend $400 on a microphone. I didn't need to spend $400 on a microphone, but I got to the point where I wanted to because I felt like it would improve the quality of the audio on both my podcast and on the video recordings I do for Pluralsight. Prior to that, I was using a less expensive micro microphone, the Rode Podcaster microphone, and I was getting great audio quality of, out of that. I didn't need to go away from that microphone. That microphone is, you know, depending on where you get it, 200 to 150 uh, if you can find a good deal. The nice thing about that is you do not need any kind of converter for your computer because it's USB. So it just goes USB right into your computer. So if you're looking for a great starter microphone that's not gonna cost you too much, that Rode Podcaster is like the perfect microphone. The audio quality is good enough, the price is not too high, and you don't need to buy a bunch of gear in addition to that microphone. If you do decide to go the XLR route, and XLR is the standard microphone connection type that's not USB, if that's what you decide to go with, you're going to need something to convert that XLR signal to a USB type signal that can go into your computer. And typically people use some sort of mic preamp for that. And I have the Focusrite Scarlett 212. It has two inputs and it does the conversion of those XLR inputs into a USB format that goes into my computer. It's not the only one out there, but it's probably one of the better ones. Again, that's going to cost you money. I also, so this particular microphone needs a big signal boost from something. Some people swear by the cloud lifter. So that is a $150 piece of equipment that sits in line with your mic and just boosts the signal way up without adding any noise, but it doesn't do anything else. It doesn't do any processing of your audio. If you do want audio processing, you can do that in one of two places. You can do that processing while you're talking. So it's happening in line, but that means that the processing of your audio signal happens before it hits the recording device. So you can't undo that processing. It's permanent. Or you can do the audio processing after the fact in some sort of digital audio workstation piece of software. The one that I personally use is Reaper, but I know there's a bunch of different options out there for recording. Reaper is free. Uh, you can pay kind of what you want, but it does have an evaluation mode. It's supposed to only be for 60 days or 90 days, but it is free. You can use it, it has a bunch of great filters. You can do that after effect processing. Why might you go? So it seems like doing it after the fact is better because then you can tweak your audio settings, get the best possible quality off of that raw recording that you did. Yes, that is absolutely an option. And if you are recording audio that can be processed after the fact before it's published, then processing it not in line makes a lot of sense. However, if you are going to be on lots of calls where it's being recorded live, and you have no control over the processing, then if you want the best possible audio signal, say through a live stream, or if you're doing a podcast with somebody else and they're doing the recording, then having something that does that processing in line 
makes a lot of sense. What what does that processing do? What what is it trying to do there? It does a bunch of different things. I have the DBX 286S. That's what I personally use. And it does things like noise limiting. So it sets a noise gate, anything below a certain noise level. Like when I stop talking, you get dead silence because the noise gate closes and it doesn't let any audio signal through. Once I start talking, that gate opens. And it also does a bunch of different processing in, in terms of EQ and adding compressor. And it will also do what the cloud lifter does, which is add boost the signal of my microphone before it goes through the processing stack. So that's a bunch of information about your recording setup. The, the short, short version of that is if you're just getting started, get a quality mic, probably go USB for that because then you don't need to buy any of this additional equipment to convert that XLR and boost the signal and all that. You just go straight into your computer, start recording uh, two great tools to record. Reaper's really good. Also, Audacity's great. Audacity, you have to do like a loopback thing, but either of those are fine. You do need to figure out how you're going to record guests if you're doing a podcast, but that is probably a whole other episode, and I'm already running long on this one. Wow. I had a lot to say about audio equipment. The other question was about editing. So once you have this stuff recorded, how should you approach editing? And my advice is before you hire an editor, do the editing yourself. Why do I say that? Well, the first thing is you get to know your own recording process better when you do it yourself at first. You get to know your own verbal tics. For instance, I say so a lot. I start a lot of sentences with so, or I start a sentence and then I say so. If I learned that's something I do. And through the process of learning that, I learned to tone it down. So I still say so a decent amount, but it's not something I'm constantly saying. That's important to me. The other thing is you learn to pull out those ums and ahs and just be comfortable with leaving a little bit of silence between your sentences when you're figuring out what the next thing you want to say is. So I just did it. So learning your own verbal tics will help make you a better presenter and a better speaker on your podcast or whatever you're recording for. Another fun hack that people have proposed is to transcribe your recorded audio and then read that transcription or do that transcription manually. And you'll realize a bunch of the ways that you speak and how you structure your verbal sentences. And it may give you pause to understand how to record those verbal sentences in a way that is clearer and less repetitive. So that's some of the reasons to learn to edit at first on your own, because then you learn all of these things that you're doing and learn either not to do them or things that you could improve. Once you have moved past that phase and you're ready to hire an editor, and I'm, I'm almost at time limit here, so I'm going to pack this in real quick. I may even have to do a follow-up about editing and maybe video recording. When you're hiring an editor, talk to them first. You have to get along with them because they are going to be responsible for editing your stuff. That is a, going to be a very personal relationship or is likely going to be at least somewhat personal. Make sure you actually like that person. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be uncomfortable. The next thing is learn to record yourself to assist with someone else's editing. That editor is going to be looking for 
notes that you drop throughout the recording to give them direction on how to edit. So if you mess up a take, you can pause and go, person that's editing my stuff, I want to re-record that, re-recording that portion, three, two, and then give yourself a count in so that they can get a clean edit. The other thing is you don't want to start mid-sentence. Start at the beginning of your sentence because when you try to start mid-sentence, you like bust into the wall and it does, doesn't sound right. That, that's actually a good tip for yourself too when you're learning to edit. But for the editor, it's difficult for them to go back to you and say, hey, I need you to re-record this portion. And in some cases that might be impossible. So try to get a clean editable recording the first try. The other thing is, the first couple edits you get back from that editor are not going to be perfect. They're going to be flawed because they're learning your style as much as you're learning their style. So until that learning process happens, they're going to either miss some things or edit something in a way that you're not super entirely happy with. It's not going to be perfect. So you have to be comfortable giving them feedback saying, I want to clean up a couple things here and there, or that was not edited the way I wanted it to. By the same token, your editor, if they're good, they are going to give you commentary and feedback on your recording and things that you could potentially change or update. Take that criticism. Take it to heart. It's going to make you a better recorder and a better presenter taking that feedback from your editor, especially if they're experienced. They get to edit a whole bunch of different people's stuff and learn what works and what doesn't what makes for a compelling presentation and what makes for a blase one. So I think I've gone over my 10 minute limit on this, but I turns out I had a lot to say. That's all I have for today. So until tomorrow at 1130 Eastern time, hit me up on Twitter. If you have any comments, questions about this particular topic or any other topics that you want me to discuss. And until then, stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you tomorrow.